did you miss us? I hope so. Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here, my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Grins, joining me. Grins, how are we doing? It's a hot one out there. Yeah, my air conditioner is not good. I think I have to. Uh, the fourth summer I've lived in this apartment, and I think it's it's come time to do something. Get, get the uh, get the maintenance people, get the old people that run this building, and say, "What, what am I doing wrong here? What what button am I pushing? It's hot as shit. My whatever gets probably about seventy five. Yep, it's miserable." And it was ninety today, and it's um, it's humid. I left my apart. I left, yeah, I left my apartment about quarter to ten this morning, and it was hot. It was like eighty two in there. Mm-hmm. You know, sixty five outside. I set the uh, I set it all the way to sixty five. Not that it matters at all. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, about an hour away from home. So when we're done talking, I should be about home. And uh, I expect it to be no less than 85 degrees in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, is is there another apartment that you could maybe uh, move into that's got some AC? It's got it. just doesn't work well. It doesn't blow cold air well. I'm on the third floor, so the heat rises, which isn't good. Right. Uh, my window faces the west. Uh, I think most folks know the sun sets in the west. So uh, you get that at night. So I just got uh, just brutal, just brutal. Well, I hope the maintenance people get up there uh, quickly and, and can fix it for you. Cause yeah, that's no fun. So uh, yeah, get on that tomorrow here, and uh, hopefully they'll yes. uh, they'll they'll get here because it's supposed to be a hot one, at least up in Fargo here uh, through the end of the week or Saturday, and then a cold front moves through with some thunderstorms here. But that's a uh, that's enough of your uh, weekly weather forecast. I was going to start with the Cleveland Indians, so yeah, I will... what's going on? Are they at 5-4? Yeah, it's 5-2. That's the final. Oh, they won. The, the Indians did. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Not, not good. So we'll, we'll get we'll pause on the Twins talk here, and uh, we'll get we'll get to them. Uh, let's just start with the finals. NBA finals going on. Series tied as of the recording of this podcast 1-1 because you know they have to play, you know go a week between playing games. Or so it seems. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous here. Game three is going to be Wednesday night. And the series started on Thursday of last week. It's ridiculous that uh, we have to go through this shit. But that be as it may, uh, a wounded warrior squad, a team that was clearly not at full strength, beat the Raptors uh, Sunday night in game two, used a 20-0 run to uh, kind of put them up ahead for good and they did need an Andre Iguodala three-pointer with six seconds left to ice the game uh for the against the Raptors but as it heads to Golden State uh to Oakland for games three and four what's what is the sense that you get is this series over or uh do you think that the Raptors can maybe take one because the the Warriors are clearly not at full strength I think this is a, probably a seven-gamer. Which is odd to say. Cool. I mean, Golden State's hurt. You know, yeah. um, people complain, oh, they got Durant, they got Cousins. That's nice to have all those guys, but they're hurt. Mm-hmm. Cousins back now, and Clay Thompson is hurt. Jeez. I don't think Durant plays this series. I mean, games are so spaced out that even if there is a game seven, well, that would be probably... Next Sunday, I think. Next Sunday, maybe? 
Well, you got, you got 10 days. I don't know if Durant's playing. Maybe he plays a little bit in Game 7, but I could see him not uh, not playing this series. And I, I, a lot of the time with, with um, championships, you don't have a whole lot of rooting interest in your team's out there. Yep. But, um, but I like Golden State here since, since they've gotten good, and I've kind of wish them well. I hope they win this. I hope they win this one. Um, I, I mean, I just have no interest in, in Toronto. I just, I, they don't interest me at all. Boring as hell to me. I mean, I wish it would have been Milwaukee. That would have been interesting. I so- um, Oh, sorry, go ahead. But, but with all the injuries, I mean, we'll see Clay Thompson. Um, I think Toronto probably, I think it's probably 2-2. Going back to Toronto, I think the home teams went 5-6. and six. I think we go to Game 7 in Toronto. I think Golden State will win that one. So, I think we're in for a long series. I think, I mean, until Golden State loses... It's, it's hard not to pick them. Uh, injuries are certainly, I think, the thing that's making this a series. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's playing sensational. I saw on PTI on Tuesday a report that maybe Kawhi Leonard's bought uh, some property in Toronto. Does that indicate he's staying? What does that mean? It probably means nothing. But if he is, like, I hope he stays in Toronto. I really do. Because I think Kawhi, and we could talk more about this once the NBA season's done. And we we head into free agency because that's always the most interesting time of the year NBA wise, at least to me. Um, Kawhi staying in the East just makes more sense. He's got a better chance to get to the NBA Finals each year than he would say going to the Lakers or the Clippers or some other team out west. It just it, it's so much more difficult to get through the West than it is the East. I hope he stays in Toronto because they're they're clearly a competitive team. You could say all you want about the 20-0 run on on in game two and all oh, that that was bad, but they fought their way back. Um, you know, it, sometimes it, it, you know Golden State's capable of doing the you know going on runs like that. That aside, you still had a chance to win. Kawhi Leonard nearly gets a steal at the end of the game there and would have had a breakaway layup, would have tied the game and forced it to overtime. Toronto's got a very good squad, and I think that they are more than capable of being able to play with Golden State from what I've seen in Games 1 and 2, but then also be able to sustain this for years to come uh, because you can add pieces around Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Siakam's going to get better. Fred Van Vliet hopefully can get better. I mean, he's playing at a really high level right now. You know, Kyle Lowry's going to give you some good stuff. There's reason that... Toronto would be able to be among the high powers, the, the top powers in the Eastern Conference, should Kawhi Leonard say. And I think he, he should because clearly you could, you got there in year one. They can only get better, I would imagine. He can get there in year two and three as well. Yeah, with Golden State, I mean, you've got Durant out, Clay Thompson is hurt, uh, Igudala is probably hurt. Uh, what, with a leg or a hamstring, or comes out Draymond Green and Curry. So this is uh, this is Toronto's chance. It's interesting to see what what teams come out of the East now that LeBron's gone, and how good these teams are. Because uh, the East has not been good here uh, for a long time. The teams that LeBron has beaten on the way to the finals have been atrocious. Yes. Uh, imagine a world in which LeBron's not in the East. Do we have the? Atlanta Hawks make the final appearance. Well, he wasn't in the East this year. 
coming now. But do we have like the Hawks that one year? Uh, the Hawks were really good. They oh like, yeah. Went, yeah. And like Joe Johnson. The Hawks probably represent the East that year. Yeah. And kind of Indiana had some good teams. But, I mean, like you said, just how easy the East is. I mean, as far as my money is concerned, Philadelphia is the most talented. They've got the four best players that anybody's got. Um, but for whatever reason, I mean, with a seven-game series against Toronto, so that's something that to be ashamed about. And Boston can never put it together. Yep. And I- uh, Milwaukee was disappointing, so... Uh, if it's Toronto, it's fine. Uh, again, I don't have any interest in them. This year, the way this was going, I mean, Toronto was ahead in the first half, and uh, Golden State went on that run. It kind of reminded me of the Pistons-Lakers series 15 years ago. Okay. Where, I mean, the Lakers were the favorite, and they were going for, what, their fourth in five years, just like Golden State is. And this morning, they won the three to five. I think that was the end of the Lakers. So we'll see if it's the end of the run, but early on it reminded me of that. I think it's more of a probably a seven-game series now. So we shall see uh, when we reconvene next week what that uh, what that series is at because uh, the series will be – no one can win the series this week. Game three is thir- uh, tomorrow, and then game five would be Monday night. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, I also, think – yeah. Um, like, Milwaukee was at 2 to nothing, Right. And everybody thought Milwaukee was winning the series, and they won the two games, and I saw a clip by, uh, like, a montage of folks saying, you know, this series is done. It might be a five-game series. Toronto might get one. It's over. It's done. And they were even and, saying that after the double overtime win as well. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's, there's no reasonable person that wouldn't have said that. Right. We all thought Milwaukee was going to win. Why wouldn't you? After the first two games, like they're going to win. They've beaten everybody by a lot all year. So why would this be any different? And you know, that's just... All these shows are about just talking about this stuff. And just based it on what you see. And Milwaukee was better. And then they got their ass kicked for a week in a row. So it's... You know, you know like, the, like the experts. I mean, the, the experts don't know any more than me or you. Just like a meteorologist trying to predict the weather or forecast yeah, the weather. Like, like you look at sports, I mean, it just kills me. Like the keys to the game, all of this bullshit. Like, whatever. Keys to the game, yeah. Like, I mean, it, every game's different. Nobody knows what's going to happen in the game. Usually, whatever team plays better, it's simple. There's a lot of ways to do that. So, you got a lot of ex players, studio, game, talking about the game. Like, okay, they can make their observations and predictions and opinions. Like, you know, nobody knows, so whatever. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly would like to see Toronto win, but, I mean, if Golden State wins, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Um, like, I, I think it'd be great if Golden State would win just because everybody's like, oh, they've got Durant, they've got all these guys. Well, if they win this one, they don't have those guys. Like it's saying, we right. wouldn't want to win without this guy. Yeah, and and they're all injured. I mean, the, that's the yeah. Up the Stanley Cup final at all? No, is it two two? Two two, yes. Well, okay. Uh, no, I, I I try to catch some of the hockey. This year was not a good year for me catching the hockey. And this was the best year of hockey that we've that we've seen. You know, the close games, the double overtimes, the game sevens, everything. We'll try and get Marcus Traxler on. Uh, 
after uh, later on in the podcast here to talk Stanley Cup final. But uh, yeah, Blues Bruins tied two two. Uh, good good series there. Um, it's literally raining bucks. It's raining bucks. Yuck. That's gross. Well, we're in that season where you're just pelted with hail of bugs on the windshield. Just do, do you like, have why? Do you have why uh, do what? What other spots have weather that's bad? Coldest <laughs> of cold, the hottest of hots, extremes on both ends. It was nice this weekend, but I was outside. I'm like Jesus Christ, the bugs! Like I just can't be happy with the weather. Yeah, like, I, 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 like I would think. Like, the Pacific Northwest, I think. I think I would like that weather. It's cooler. You got some rain. Uh, but maybe it's not that bad. Seattle. Seattle, then, sounds like your perfect place. Give me that. It's not, not terribly cold. It's not terribly warm. Kind of cut off a little bit on both ends. It's, it's bad. It's bad. Well, hopefully you have plenty of windshield wiper fluid there to get the, the bug splatters I don't know. I don't know. Let's, see. Let's see. Nope, I got none. Oh, that, that's bad. That's that's not good. Um, apparently, there was a big boxing match this week, and some under some little fat guy won, and uh, everyone is sad for boxing and whatnot. I I don't know, to I don't know anything about this other than about the fight. Was it Ru or Ruiz and uh, I? I don't even remember the other guy's name. That's how much I, I how little Joshua. I, Joshua. Thank you. Yep. Um, so. I don't know. Did you watch it? What are your thoughts on this fight? And like, is this a is all going on about the result and where boxing's at? Uh, is it is it really true? Is this you know is the hysteria worth it? Let me ask you this: If this fight happens and the other guy wins, are we talking about it? No, no, we probably aren't. No, no, definitely not. So I would say, uh, I would say it's good. Because people are talking about it. Uh, yep. This Ruiz guy, he's like 38, 39, and 1, but he hasn't fought anybody. And uh, what, I think Anthony Joshua? Like, there's three big heavyweights now. There's three heavyweights that that are worth knowing. There's this Joshua, there's this Wilder, and there's Tyson Fury. And uh, Tyson Fury, he's got a great personality. I think what is from England. Uh, Wilder is a crazy mofo. He was a guy, I think, a couple of weeks ago that said, boxing is the only sport where you can kill a man, so why wouldn't I do it? Go have fun getting in the ring with him. <laughs> and uh, Joshua, I think it was undefeated. So the, the big fight is Joshua and Wilder. I think they'll have that fight sometime. And I think it'll be big. It'll be big. It'll be fine. Um, Pacquiao and, and then Mayweather was the biggest fight of all time. And Pacquiao, and they were both... Uh, past their prime, and Pacquiao would walk some fights between that. So, they'll have a rematch, Joshua and this Ruiz, and, you know, for boxing's sake, they need Joshua to win this next one. Get the title back, then they can do Joshua and Wilder sometime next year. That'll be a, that'll be a big fight. I think Wilder and Fury had a fight last year. That was a great fight. I remember that one. So, at least you've got three guys, heavyweight boxing, that people uh, are talking about or should know about. So that was the positive, and uh, good for this Ruiz guys. Really, one of the biggest upsets of all time. Not, not the biggest, but it's I don't know, maybe um, what UMBC and uh, oh, Virginia, Virginia type of thing. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, a fair, it's not. Um, 
I mean, Closer Douglas and Ty Smith, uh, that'll never be topped out. Helpful. I mean, that's that's the all-time. That's like, you know, some college kid taking down Jordan. I mean, that's the biggest of all time there. But, but this was a one of the biggest upsets of all time. I will. I will. Okay. For yeah. And for boxing's sake, I can. I can see that. I. I still say that the biggest. Um. The the biggest upset of all time is the Miracle on Ice. So. Sure. Um. You know, because you had a bunch of college kids going essentially a pro team in the Russians and or the USSR. Yep. So. For what it's worth there. So, yeah, there, there we go. Boxing uh, in the news here. French Open, we got uh, Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic. A, did you know the French Open was going on? And B, uh, do you care at all that Djokovic is looking for his first career French Open title and his, uh, you know, therefore the career Grand Slam? And Nadal, I think, is going for his 12th French Open. Is that is that something that intrigues you at all? I was going to say yes and no, but I'll say yes and yes. CC very intrigued. Very good. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. I, I guess it was what, last week. I saw something. It was. I haven't seen, literally seen a point yet. I heard it was on. So I'm like, all right, that French Open thing's going on. Um, like, yeah, I mean, that's probably your final. I assume they can meet in the finals. I don't know what their seedings are, but and that's exciting. I, Djokovic. Um, I don't know if you put him over in the towel. Probably a better all-around player than Nadal. Nadal got all these French Opens. He's been good elsewhere too. And what Federer is he get knocked out? Yeah, Federer's out. Federer, Serena so Federer. Williams, they're all they're yeah, all out. Well, Serena Williams is out. That uh, no good. But Federer hasn't played this tournament in, in quite a long time, so good for him to at least have an attempt. But uh, yeah, I mean, joke. I mean, rare we've had three players this great. You could make an argument these are three of the five best ever. Oh, Federer is still in. My apologies. Federer is still in. Oh, well, goddamn. Well, then, uh, yeah, we've got uh, way down to round of 16, maybe. I have no idea. So we're getting down there. I mean, it's, um, yeah. if a couple of those guys were playing, like there's a Djokovic-Nadal final or a Federer-Nadal final, then yeah, I'll probably, uh, probably uh, take a gander at that. Yeah, that'll be good, and that'll be on NBC there. They have the French Open. I don't really know how much they cover apart from the weekend. Uh it's weird, that's for sure. Uh, Belmont stakes this weekend uh, on a scale of z- zero to two shits. How much do you give? Zero shits. There we go. Very good. Hey, when, when was the last time uh, three three different horses won? It's a good question. I don't maybe know. It's maybe it's happened a couple of years. But usually, you know, the horse wins the first two. Probably had one, one or two triple crown. One triple crown. Uh, t- last year there was a triple crown, and a f- uh, two or three years before that there was a triple crown. Yeah, so we've had a couple, and I always thought it would be a big deal. <laughs> I thought it would be a big deal when it happened, since it was so close for so long. And it's been a long time, like, what, 40 years since it happened? Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't tell you the horses that won. I thought it would be a big deal where I could win, or I could remember. Yep. I don't remember who won it last year. I don't remember who won it. Through, I, I have no idea. If you say the name, I'll recognize it, but I couldn't. Off the top of my head, tell you who the horses were. Yeah, I, I feel like I, 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 I should know the the ones from last year because that, I mean, they were so he was so dominant. You knew he was going yeah, to. Yeah, the horse, and there was just so many close calls. Like Big Brown comes to mind. I think Big Brown was the horse. 
I was so close. There was a guy that looked down like who looked like Wilford Brimley or whoever he looked like. The one trainer uh, who... Bob Baffert? Like no, no, no. The one trainer who he had a mustache. He was like a, like physically not a little guy, but in a horse racing thing, like a little guy. Oh, I the... think he had, a, uh, he had a horse that won the first two and then he like barely lost the second one. I think he got all pissed off. So, um, I mean, that was a few years ago or... That would have been nice to see. Like, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, Justify won last year. Um, or no, yeah, Justify won last year and then American Pharaoh in 2015. Congratulations so, to both. Yeah. Yep, I'm sure they're living their best lives here doing whatever okay. it is that horse uh, winning horses uh, do. Okay, Let's. Uh, anything else before we get to the diamond? All right, let's get to the diamond there. Minnesota Twins, red hot apart from tonight's uh, or Tuesday night's 5-2 loss to the Cleveland Indians. The offense not there. Uh, all runs via homer uh, today for both the Twins and the Indians. Yep, so... Uh, oh, that would be Twins hit two of them? Twins hit two of them, yep. It was uh, Marwin Gonzalez and uh, oh. I believe Rosario hit a home run. As well, but um, Smeltzer gets the loss, his first loss of his career. But uh, it's not like he pitched bad. He only gave up three runs, but obviously that uh, wasn't enough. But th- this Minnesota Twins team, Krenz, I I am just all in, and I'm I I'm on this World Series wagon because I think it is a legitimate uh, possibility here. Uh, they're going to be able to beat up on the Central and. I mean, let me ask you this, because I, I I definitely get uh, caught up in the moment sometimes, but the way this Twins offense is going, if they can add someone like a Craig Kimbrell or a Dallas Keuchel, either or both, I mean, that there's certainly a possibility there, and it sounds like they have more interest in Kimbrell, but uh, Dallas Keuchel, I think, is certainly in the mix, certainly in the running as well. Could they... Get to that the the all time wins mark here. Is that a legit possibility? No. Oh, oh, well, no. let, let me let me finish here. Given no. how weak the AL Central is, no. isn't isn't there a possibility that they could really run Rupshaw over the rest of Major League Baseball be, just because of their division? Oh, they 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 were at a sixty nine six ninety winning percentage. Hey, that's puts you like 100, 102 wins, maybe. I don't think they're winning 100. They have to get to 116. So, I, I think they'll probably win probably 96 to 98, maybe. Upper 90s. Thank you for space up. Like, I would say look at the home run record. I mean, good. I mean, two more tonight. I would say look at the home run record with 267, I think, from the Yankees last year. And that's, yeah. I mean, I mean that, is, is this why you're all in? I mean... The home runs is that a big reason no, why? I it's the it's the offense. It's it's just the ability. I don't know. It it's knowing that you can go one through nine in the lineup and there's not a weak spot. Like there, you know, no. pitchers can't be like, oh, I want to, I want to, you know, intentionally walk even Mar- like Marwin Gonzalez would probably be the guy right now that you wouldn't want to or that you would even think. Of. What's that? Wait, wait. And he got off to a slow start in the yeah. last three weeks or so. He's been hot. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, there's everyone in that in this lineup is so they're capable of hitting a big 
hit. I mean, no. Rosario, this, you know, on, what was it, Friday night when he hit the two-run single in the ninth inning there to give the Twins yeah. the 5-3 win. By the way, I called that game. I called the final score at work Hello. that day to a guy uh, said, Twins sure. are, Twins are going to win 5-3. They're going to come back after that 14-3 shellacking Thursday night. But I think... It, Yes, the home run certainly helped, but it's just seeing how good this team is offensively and knowing that they can score a run at any time, and you're really never out of it at all with this team. Their pitching's been very good. Uh, they're just they're very enjoyable. They're a lot of fun to watch, and I mean, certainly, you know, the bullpen had some issues against Tampa Bay in uh, on in Sunday's game. They nearly blew that big lead they had, but. Um, no, th- th- there's just so much to like about this team. It's just it's it's a lot of fun. I've I've always said I I'm a Twins fan, but I'm not a big baseball fan. Um, you know, I always follow the Twins. I have they're marked as a favorite, of course, on, on ESPN and CBS Sports, so I get updates all the time. Um, and that that never changes. Whoa, I think I think Krenz is I think we lost Krenz. There we go. Krenz, are we here? We here? Yeah, I got some lightning off to the uh, to the north here, but we're good. Okay, good. So I don't know where you. I was just saying. Yeah, that, yeah. It, like I, I'm me and Marcus a, were talking the other night, and I, I, I think is how I guess the Yankees felt, or, or the Astros feel. Yeah. Like one one through nine, anybody can hit. Even like a guy like Andrianza or Ostadio, who yeah. are probably your you know twenty fourth and twenty fifth players. Uh. Uh, Adriana has like four home runs, but off the deal, and uh, just never strikes out. So, feel confident, and we talked last week about Buxton, he's finally figured it out. Yes. Snow's come up, he's been good. Um, it's like, I think the, the, the seven, eight, nine hitters for the Twins, I think, are the best seven, eight, nine hitters in baseball based on like OPS. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's, that rings true, and that's in a very deep lineup, and, um, the way Rocco Baldelli has put the lineup together, um, sometimes it's very random. Sometimes you could go, uh, you could flip the entire thing. You could put Buxton usually bats nine. You could by all means put him first, and you could flip the entire lineup, one through nine, and flip the whole thing, and it'd still be fine. Right. Um, Kepler usually, usually leads off. Darver has let off once in a while. He's finally back. Yeah. Uh, John Scopes hits second. Marlon Gonzalez has hit third. Ostadio hit third the other day. Sano, by all means, is a 3-4 hitter. He's hitting, you know, six or seven. Uh, Nelson Cruz is back. He'll be in that 3-hole. So, Cron, he's probably going to hit you 30 home runs. Anybody in the lineup can hit everywhere. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and that's even, you know, you were talking, you you mentioned Nelson Cruz coming back, Mitch Garver coming back. These guys were injured, and the Twins' offense didn't miss a beat. The Twins have the best hitting catchers in all of baseball. They're very deep at that position. They're just deep all over. Miguel Sano has come back, and I think, I I would say he's exceeded expectations because I think a lot of Twins fans are like, okay, he's going to be fat and slow and not very good, strike out a lot and stuff. I think I've appreciated his, what I, I think anyway, that his patience at the plate has definitely increased over last year. Would you agree with that? He's always a guy that struck out a lot, but he's also a guy that's uh, drawn a fair amount of walks. He like the, the, the three true outcomes guy. There's going to be a lot of strikeouts, a lot of walks, and a lot of home runs. That's probably going to be at least 50% of his plate appearances are those three things. So, um, if you just cut down on the strikeouts again, Joey Gallo is striking out as much as ever, but uh, he's in the MVP discussion because 
His walks are up, his on base is up, he's not hitting 200, he's hitting like 250 or 275. So I'm fine with Snow doing what he's doing, and it was all him and Buxton. This whole thing rode on him and Buxton, and now you have all these other guys, these other veterans, kind of, I don't know if this is a thing or not, but taking the pressure off of those guys. Yep. To where they don't they don't feel like they are the reason why the team wins and loses. Buxton's hit ninth, leave him hit ninth. That's fine. He could be an all star. Yep. Um, you know all these other guys, Cruz and Crone and Stolp and Kepler, everybody and, and Rosario might yes. hit forty home runs this year. Yep. Every Polanco, Christ sake, Jorge Polanco. If there was an MVP candidate on the team, it's Jorge Polanco. He might win a batting title. Yep. In the age, by all means, should be an all-star shortstop. The, the Twins could all get the triple crown as a team in terms of home runs, RBI, and batting average. Not average. with the same player, but they have a. I think a I mean, team. Yeah, it's like the the team could have multi. They would have multiple players win those awards, so they the, it would be a team sweep. So yeah, I mean Rosario's high in the RBIs and home runs, and uh, Polanco's high in average. I. So I, I I, I also just, I love the fact that the Twins are in a position to get Dallas Keuchel, to get Craig Kimbrell, that yep. they are saying, hey, we want these guys because we know we have a chance to be very, very good. So I love that they're in the discussion for this. It, it means that, you know, obviously that it's not just the big market teams that are making a run at, at them. I, I just... I mean, the Twins are just a, a great deal of fun to watch, and hopefully they can win at least one game in this Cleveland series and then sweep the Tigers. Uh, they've had some issues with the, they had issues with the Tigers at Tiger or at, at uh, Target Field here a couple weeks back. But no, I mean, it's just everything that I'm seeing with the Twins. It's like okay, they're good. They they are just fine. Um, I I fully think that they will come back. Uh, Wednesday night and beat the Indians. They're, they're just a gr- tons of fun to watch. And in looking at the grand scope of things across Major League Baseball, the Dodgers are red hot. They are tremendous right now. They're, they are arguably the best team in baseball. I didn't necessarily expect it because I knew they had you know they had traded some pieces away in the offseason. The Yankees are great and they are, you know, <laughs> they are filled with injuries and yet they're starting to get healthy and get right back in it the Astros are very good and then you have the Minnesota Twins so it's really those four teams are the at the, the, the cream of the crop in Major League Baseball and then it's everyone else as far as I'm concerned so there's no reason for me to think that the Twins can't take the can't win the overall you know the wins total and and take the number one overall seed. I guess it, you know in the in the AL playoffs and play the winner of the AL wild card round while the Yankees and Astros potentially do. I mean, think about that though. Think about that. You know, because you have the Yankees, the Twins, and the Astros. Two two of those teams are going to have to play one another, and that's going to yeah. be like, a, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> we're knocking out a very very good team. And so I would hope that the Yankees and the Astros that it'll go that'll be one of them, and that's why I think too that the Twins have a great chance because their division is so crappy compared to the American like the, the AL West. A lot of average teams in there. The Oakland's uh, doing pretty well. What's that? Oakland's doing pretty well at the moment. Texas is doing a this yes. AL wild card. Everybody's expecting Boston to maybe do something there for Christ's sake. Yeah, I don't I think, think it's going to happen. Yeah. 
Tampa's in the wild card. I'm fine with Tampa. Yep. But I'm waiting for Boston to be that second team to get some distance in. We're 60 games in, and they, okay, they can obviously do it. But uh, if you're 500, you're in it. So Cleveland, yep. Chicago, Oakland, Texas, sure. they're all in this thing. Yeah. But, but that's what I mean. Like, the AL West has average teams. Yes, Texas doing good, Oakland, the the, the Angels. Do you know that the, the Mariners, as we, the time we are recording this podcast and starting 13-2, and two, are 12-36 and 36 in their last 48 games? That is awful. Just awful. But the AL East, yes, they have two terrible teams, Toronto and Baltimore. But Tampa Bay is really good. Boston's good. So, I don't... And then you just look at how bad the... The AL Central, I, I just think that the Twins have a great opportunity here to have the best record in the American League. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're the best team, but it's be, they're going to feast on the division like we thought last year they could. You know, they were coming off of that loss in the AL wildcard game to the Yankees. We thought they had a chance to, to feast on the AL Central because it was going to be bad. They didn't do that. This year, I think it's... It, Completely different. I think they will totally take advantage of the AL Central. I don't think they can beat the Yankees. I don't think they can beat Houston right now. So you want to avoid those teams, of course. Best record, you got to go for that. Got to go for best record. You want that wild card. I don't care if the wild card's Boston. They haven't played Boston in the playoffs, something ever. Do something different. I'd love to play Tampa Bay. I think they yep. can beat Tampa Bay. Get that wild card. If it's, if it's Cleveland, fine, we'll play Cleveland. Get the wild card. Chicago's not a terrible team, it doesn't look like. Um, now these other teams, Chicago and Detroit, or uh, Detroit and Kansas City. Like, are they going to go like 13-5 and five against these teams, or are they going to go like 10-8? and eight? Like, we need to go 13-5. and five. Oh, We I can't th- go 10-8 I, I, I think they could go 10-8, and eight, so that's really good enough. I, I think thirteen and five. I don't I don't see any reason why, especially the Royals. Uh, clearly, they've had yeah. some issues with the Tigers. We'll see what happens this weekend. The White Sox. I don't see any reason why they can't do it. There, it, this it's just a fun I don't think team. We've played the White Sox yet? We're sixty games. I don't think we've played the White Sox yet. Uh, if we have, it's been three games. They have. What? Uh, let let what me. What type of schedule is this? Let let me let me get that here. I thought they they played them, but maybe maybe not. And if, going going back, um, you know, nobody thought the Bucks were going to lose the series. Um, nobody knows that the Twins are going to be good next year. So go for it this year. Right. Everybody should be back off of this team, but everybody's having a career year, so you can't expect that next year. Cruz will be back. Got like a twelve million dollar team option. Crone uh, will be back. Jonathan Stokes, the only one that's not fine. Besides that, everybody's back. They've got Kepler and Polanco. They're two best hitters this year, Kepler and Polanco. They're signed for the next, counting this year, they're signed for the next five years Yep. for, com- for combined $60 million. Not $60 million each, $60 million total. Kepler's getting 35 Polanco's getting 25 what an unbelievable bargain that is! Yeah, and they did. the The Twins did play the the White Sox uh, May twenty fourth through the twenty sixth here. So that was um, after they come back to play the Angels. They swept the White Sox there. Their first trip to Chicago will be at the end of June, June twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and thirtieth. But yeah, it, it's just it, it's so fun to watch this this team. Obviously, Tuesday night was not a great night. Uh, they lose, but you can't win them all. But uh, I mean, 
All they all they need to do is is win what two two more games on this road trip to have another winning uh, a winning road trip, and that they've that's all they've done this year. Yeah, they never lost a road trip. They never lost a home stand. When they lost two series all year, that was to the Yankees and to the Phillies. And to the and and to the Astros down in Houston. And the Astros too. Yeah, and then I think they ended up winning four or seven from Houston. So that was a winning series. Yes. In the year. Yes. I don't think they're getting any of the two pitchers. Again, they can sign out any time the draft picks are done with. So, I don't think they're getting any of them. I, whoever, whoever signs them, I wouldn't probably start them until maybe after the All-Star break or early July at the earliest. I'd give them this entire month to do whatever they need to do to get ready. Um, Kimball, I hate Kimball. I hate the way he looks. I hate how he pitches. His arm thing just would be irritating as hell. Uh, and, and if you if you sign him, I don't think it's just a one-year deal for $10 million or whatever you're going to do. Like, what is he going to give you? Is he going to give you 30 innings? you going to pay a guy $10 million to give you 30 innings? Um, if he was lights out, fine. But I don't know if he's going to be lights out. And, um, I mean, both of these guys are great. But one of the reasons why they weren't signed, the main one was the draft pick. But even then, it's like, how much do these guys have left? Are they in the back end of their careers? Why well, don't want to get sucked for having a four-year deal with any of these guys? No, I, I, I don't think that, that would happen. I would say Kimbrell would be a three-year deal. I think Keiko would be a, a, at most a two-year deal. So I'm interested to see who signs them and how long it is. If it's one year or if it's multiple years. There, I mean, there's been some teams rumored out there for, for these guys. Uh, so I, I don't think the Twins get any of them. I think they do. I hope they have a significant trade for a starting pitcher. I think that's the biggest piece. Right? I think the bullpen, you can splice that together. Well, you could put Pineda in the bullpen by trading for a starter. Yeah, so what do you need to put Pineda in the bullpen? Uh, Martin Perez, how long does this last? Um, Kyle Gibson's been good recently. Uh, Brios has been solid. Uh, Odorizzi's been the best pitcher. I think that his area is under two. I don't know if that's sustainable, but I think him being a legitimate number two pitcher, Odorizzi, I think that is sustainable. So yep. Brios and Odorizzi, I'm good with those guys. So I think you need another a third starter to be a serious contender for something here. And I'd be willing to give up if it's a Royce Lewis, their top prospect. Um, Alex Kirilov, another top prospect. I'd be willing to give up pretty much anybody to, to, to get a guy. But that guy make is, sure that know. that guy is going to stick around after the year, right? You would hope so. Like Madison Bumgardner. I don't know if I want him. Nah, I don't think I want uh, the uh, mad bum. Marcus Stroman for Toronto. Really, yeah. really like him. Um, Denver guy, bad year last year, good year this year. Uh, I mean, Syndergaard, I just want to get rid of Syndergaard. He's not had a great year. Uh, do you want him? And the big piece is Scherzer. I think I think we talked about it last week. But, I mean, Scherzer, that's, that's the big piece. If right. they uh, want to make him available, then by all means, I would give up anything I could to get him. Uh, last week, there was an incident in Houston where a young girl got yeah. hit by a foul ball. Uh, and it, it was involving the Chicago Cubs. I believe it was on Monday. I think it was Memorial Day. Um, and clearly distraught. Um, so it was not good. 
Alberta. Alberta. Yeah, and you could tell, you know, between him, uh, you know, like needing to be consoled by Cubs manager Joe Madden to the rest of his team, like it, it was, it was not a good situation at all. And now it talks about the net or like the netting needing to be uh, maybe extended to all around the park, you know, because like it, back in Columbus in 2004 or whatever. The, um, you know, or was it 2003? Either way, if the Columbus Blue Jackets, the puck killed a young girl after it went over the glass. They're like, okay, we need to extend the glass all the way around. We need to make it higher. So the NHL implemented that right away. The, the call has been for the netting to be extended, I think, primarily, like, pretty much all around the park then or um, in, in that lower area. And Rob Manfred has said, don't expect in-season netting changes. Now... Major League Baseball attendance is down. Ratings are down slightly. The average age per person going to the game is 56. That's not good for baseball. But neither is young children getting hit and possibly dying by a line drive foul ball. They have to make this change, don't they? This is ridiculous that they haven't done it yet. I don't know if they will. I mean, it seems simple. Just do it. What the... Like, what's the negative? I don't know. Do it. I don't know. You can't see as well. Okay, well. Like, with the, I don't know, like, where this is, what, down the third baseline? Yeah, like, I, I, I parent, mean, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, you want to bring, like, one one-year-old kid, two-year-old kid. So, so do you want to bring them to the ball game? And you want to sit them that close to where that can happen? That's a parent's decision, I guess. Yeah, and that's a fair point because that was something that was brought up. That that was a that was a point that was made. Maybe you want to sit far enough away to where your your kid won't get hit in the head with the ball. Um, wasn't paying attention, you know. So I hope so. Even if they were, maybe if they didn't have enough time. Because um, for that to happen, for that kid to get hit in the head with the ball, I mean that's so precise. An inch there, an inch there. Things are different. So. A lot of different things go into that. Just do it. Just put the netting up. There's no negative to it. I don't know what the negative would be. Positive is somebody may not die. If somebody dies, then you're in a hell of a lot of trouble. Yep. You put the netting up, you're fine. It is, uh, this is not hard. It's like New Zealand was a New Zealand with the guns and a thing with the guns. So what they do, they got rid of the gun. Wasn't yep. that difficult? Wasn't that hard? Somebody, somebody's hurt. Put up the net. Somebody used guns. Get rid of the gun. This isn't hard to do. Some spots it is. It's not a, it's not a tough decision. It's not, it's not something we have to spend a whole lot of time on to figure out what can we do. We know what we can do. It's a matter of if we want to do it or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Major League Baseball draft started Monday night. Yeah. Continuing Tuesday. Uh, I couldn't tell you anything about any of these prospects uh, Vanderbilt has some very good players. It sounds like uh, UCLA or what. Either way, anything about the the Major League Baseball draft intrigue you or interest you at all? Catcher, Oregon State catcher. Yeah, you went first overall to Baltimore. to Baltimore. Yep. I think he could be up fairly quickly. So Baltimore needs all they can get there. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. shortstop. He went to Kansas City. Whatever. Uh, I thought like about four or five was good. College pitching, I don't think, was very good this year. The college pitchers were not. Uh, Twins took a kid from like, San Diego. 
He's going to go to San Diego State. He's only 18. Uh, he's an infielder. Uh, like he could, he's got a quick bat, could develop some power, uh, speed hitting, five tool type of guy. So, went to the 13th pick. So, bottom of that pick of a guy who I just heard of yesterday when they picked him. So, <laughs> yeah, good, good, good with that pick. And, um, yeah, we'll see if any local people get drafted. Um,. Oh, that's a college uh, softball World Series going on in uh, Oklahoma uh, City right now. I think uh, UCLA is going to win that. Uh, I think so. Yeah, they, they're they're taking on Oklahoma. So I know it's Oklahoma oh. against UCLA. Three uh, three right now in game two. I believe UCLA crushed them in game one. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it. College here. baseball going on. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, th- that's really about it. Uh, oh, I mean, I don't know if this qualifies as news at all on the NFL side. Uh, Rob Gronkowski oh. says he remains oh. retired. Um, surprise, surprise. I oh, every, oh. Like every, everybody, everybody thinks he's coming back. I don't yeah. think he's coming back. No, I, I don't either. Um, one thing, though, that I get, uh, the Big Ten is going to have a new commissioner. And it's no. someone that we are sli- at least slightly familiar oh, I, with. I, and uh, I, I, don't, I didn't know who the guy was. Uh, Tim Mullaney. Uh, no, not Tim. Not Tim Mullaney. Uh, Jim. Jim, thank you. Uh, he is. Uh, yeah, he does. But he he's leaving. He's retiring. Good. And uh, Minnesota Vikings have lost their chief operating officer because Kevin Warren is going to be the new Big Ten commissioner. He will be the first black commissioner of a Power Five conference. Uh, again, he replaces Jim Delaney, who in March planned announced his plans to retire in 2020 after 30 years with the league. So uh, this is a. Uh, yeah, so the, Kevin Warren, congratulations to him. I don't know what this will necessarily mean for the Vikings. Uh, apparently, he was their kind of the the Wolf's right hand man, so they didn't have to be in Minneapolis. So we'll see where they go from here. I would hope that this would not shake up the Vikings too much in the you know the relationship between the front office and you know the players and stuff and create dysfunction, but. We'll see about that, but uh, yeah, it's a fairly significant news out of the Big Ten uh, with that hiring. Um, I'd give the job to I'd give the job to Todd Stucey. Why? He's a random guy. I have no idea what he's doing. I have no idea where he's at. Okay. He's obviously underqualified for this position. It's a random name I came up with. Very good. Uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. You intrigued by this at all? Jesus Christ, speaking of things I didn't know what was going on, um, I got my uh, Sports Illustrated a couple weeks ago before that goes belly up in a couple years. Um, that ain't on the cover, so that interests me. The zero, I'm a scale of zero. Um, I don't care about that at all, obviously, because it's soccer. Um, right. So this was something, I guess, is what, like, this is this weekend it starts? Uh, yes, and uh, either. Yeah, this was something. This was something that a week ago I had no idea what was going on. So I don't care about this. Um, I hope it's canceled. They hope something bad happens so they can't play. <laughs> All right. Well, they are playing in Paris, so uh, maybe like Notre Dame is going to sure. collapse or something. And then, the, of course, you would need a whole uh, morning uh, there. 
Cancel. So, there we go. All right, that's all I have. Anything else that you want to discuss? Rocco Baldelli seems to be a, like a hands-off approach to things. Kind of a, whatever works for you, you do that. So, like Buxton, they had him like, oh, you got a butt, then you got to hit the ball on the ground, and you got to use your speed, and all this bullshit. And I was in home runs and hitting doubles, and you know, he led the league in doubles there for a while. Like, whatever you got to do to get ready. And if you need some help, we're here. But if not, you want to take batting practice, go ahead. Uh, you don't want to take batting practice, that's fine. They got a, uh, what do they got? They call it uh, show and go or whatever they call it. Where you show up and play. You don't got to take batting practice. You don't got to do whatever. You don't got to get to the ballpark 10 hours before a game. Just show up, play, let's go. You get yourself ready. You're professional goddamn ball player you know what you need to do to get ready we have a certain expectation of you to do that mm-hmm. so I like his hands off approach of you do what you gotta do and we'll be here if you need any help so very impressed with his strategy and it's worked tremendously thus far AL manager of the year candidate no doubt oh yeah All right. I hope so we'll see where we are with the NBA finals next week we'll see where we are with the twins and we'll sure there'll be plenty of el- uh, other stuff to talk about. But uh, any any final thoughts? Yes. Uh, University of North Dakota men have a new coach. Yeah, Mike Tarico's cousin isn't no is no longer coaching there. What happened to him? By the way, it's not really Mike Tarico's cousin, but he looks like him. That was a women's coach. Oh yes, Travis yeah. Brewster. I think he's he's still there. He was at SDSU for a while. Yeah, Travis I, Bruce, my boy, was still there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was, uh, I, I, for whatever reason, was thinking the, the women's coach. What what happened to the men's coach? I think I got fired, I guess. I don't know. Or went somewhere else. I, I know there was an opening there, but... Um, Northern State, right? Paul, yeah, Paul Sater from Northern State in Aberdeen, who has uh, been there nearly a decade. They're all good in Northern State. They... They leave the state in attendance. Nobody draws more fans than they do to Northern State basketball game. Not uh, not USP and SDSU. They get more than anybody. So he's been there about eight, nine years. They're good. So we'll see what he can do at North Dakota. Good for him and uh, good for them. Very good. All right. There there was also a, a very awkward Twitter video or a Facebook video, some social media video of uh, Aaron Johnson with Eric Henderson, the new basketball coach. Okay. Like a 60-second video. They were talking. Uh, they were hawking season tickets because the deadline for season tickets apparently was last week or whatever. Yes. Yep. So they get there, and AJ's sitting down on a stool, and then that, uh, Henderson, he comes up, and, hey, slap fans, and uh, high five, and this bullshit. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, well, you're going to like it here, even though he's been here for two years anyway. Uh, you're going to love it here. And uh, Henderson's like, man, you guys are great. You win all these tournaments and all this bullshit. You're the best. And JJ says to him, man, you're going to love it here. You've got the best winning percentage of any fucking team, home team in the country for the last 10 years. This bullshit. It's just so goddamn bad and awful. That when I saw that, I was like, "How does that make it through the chain of command to put that out there?" It's all scripted, obviously. It's all crap. And it's embarrassing. So 
There we go. <laughs> there. We go. All right, and with that, yeah. What? I had a bunch of bugs on my windshield. I went through a rainstorm that literally lasted 30 seconds. It cleared my windshield. Perfect. Now the bugs are all over the place again. Oh. I goddamn near hit a deer. That was unbelievable. But uh, I think we've made it to the home stretch, so it was a good day. Very good. Survive and advance. That's all we want. Very good, my friend. Thank you so much. Well, I'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll see you later. Travis. I think, I think uh, two weeks before when we did the last show, you were asking if Oh, you wanted the twins to get more attention? Yep. I think they've gotten the attention. Last couple of weeks, I think they've gotten a lot of attention. I still haven't seen as attention. much as I would have thought, but they're getting a little bit more. People know. People know now that they're good and they're legit. Very good. Very good. All, All right. right, my friend. I'll talk to you next week. All right. I'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time and perspective, as always, especially when it comes to Minnesota Twins. But he gave you some great boxing knowledge there. We got the NBA Finals to talk about, but we do need to talk about the Stanley Cup Final, and I'll try and get Marcus Traxler on for that to wrap things up uh, with this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. You can find this edition of the Sports Block Podcast on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week, as always. Uh, but yes, coming up next, Marcus Traxler, hopefully, to talk some uh, Stanley Cup Final. If not, it'll just be me talking Stanley Cup Final, and we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, pleased to be joined by our resident Barry Melrose, Marcus Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic himself. Marcus, how are we doing? I'm good, Stacking. How are you? Good, good. Um, do you have the jacket and the hair that you could pull off of Barry Melrose? Um, I don't have the hair, and I haven't been to Goodwill in a while, so I'm not sure about the jacket. <laughs> uh, the suit of cards. So, oh, uh, what a slam. I don't I'm not gonna pay full price for a white pinstripe jacket, and uh, I would I would only assume you'd find one of those at Goodwill or or some sort of uh, thrift shop well, uh, spot, which, which there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, fantastic, that's a fantastic yeah. answer. Uh, the Stanley Cup Final currently two games apiece. Uh, honestly, I'm a little surprised that we are where we're at, but then again, I think there was some questions about whether or not Boston would take St. Louis seriously. Um, they've looked very good in the odd games and not so good in the even games. Uh, St. Louis has played, dare I say, even with them, uh, or slightly better in games two and four, and uh, now it's a best of three series. What has caught your attention so far in the Stanley Cup final? Um, just the mood that we're sitting with right now. Um, the fact that uh, we're 2-2, and I think people feel like the momentum is with the Blues because they played well enough to be 2-2 after four games, if that makes sense. Yep. So um, the fact that they're they're still in this, um, and you've got a Boston team in the news today about Zanino Char with a broken jaw. Yes. Uh, questionable by, by all stretches for game five. Uh, you know, who knows if, if he can play through that. Um, and that's a depleted defensive core now for, for the Bruins because they've got a few other injuries at play as well uh you ask you ask some realistic questions now about you know where boston is at this stage um you know i think it's i i, I think it's probably too early to say that this is the blues series to, to uh to win because there are you know 
two of these final three games, uh, if it goes that far, are going to be in Boston. But uh, they got exactly what they needed. Uh, considering how rough game three got, you know, Bennington got pulled. Uh, they gave up a bunch of goals. You know, really couldn't get anything in. And, and we've, we kind of mentioned it, but, you know, overhanging this whole series was the fact that they had never really had a lot of success. Um, had never won a home, and had never won a Stanley Cup uh, final game. Right. And then, you know, even going into Game Four, still hadn't, hadn't won a home game in the uh, Stanley Cup final. And, and uh, Ryan O'Reilly really, you know, scored right away, got got them off on the right foot, and then I had the game winner later in the game, uh, which you don't often see. I think I saw he's the fourth guy in, in uh, final history to have that happen. So. Um, you know that's that's a pretty incredible uh, finish for the Blues, and, and they now, uh, like you said, get this to a three game series. Bruins now have had twenty players score a goal. The think the only other team that have that happen was the, were the New Jersey Devils uh, back I think either the early two thousands or um, in the in the nineties. Which so that's something that's awfully impressive, but. You know, their power play has been absolutely phenomenal. And St. Louis has taken a lot of dumb penalties. Um, so, obviously, you know, with how physical Game 4 was, not a lot of penalties called. Boston was only it was it had just two power plays. They were 0 for 2 on those power plays. So, if that... I don't know. Is that something that you anticipate is going to continue throughout the series? Do you think that... Uh, the the physicality will result in no penalties getting called. I certainly think that we're going to see a few more called at least in Game Five. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the degree where anything goes, but I, I do think that we're going to see physical games. Um, I would agree with you that that it's sort of going to ping pong back to to getting called in Game Five. But um, you know, this is, it's going to be physical. We've seen some some pretty brutal hits. We had you know a, a case of. A boarding, a couple of boardings, you know, in this series already, mm-hmm. um, where it's you know definitely on the line, over the line for sure. So um, I think it's going to remain pretty physical. I think you know, I, th- I feel like the Blues are kind of flirting with the discipline thing here, right? I mean, they they uh, didn't get burned by the power play in Game Four, but that's kind of always looming. You know, there's always kind of the possibility that you take these dumb penalties, and the Bruins are good enough. You know, we mentioned they're. Def- defense is a little beat up. They're not beat up in the forward position. I mean, they got guys that can score. Uh, they've had a lot of players step up, um, you know, most notably uh, Charlie Coyle probably Yes. Uh, yeah. in this in this series. So um, that's to me, is a big sign that uh, you don't want to give them the man advantage. And if the Blues can somehow find a way to avoid that or, you know, mainly stay in the driver's seat in the game uh, to the point where they've got the lead, I think they'll be, they'll be fine. So... I still just have a hard time thinking that the St. Louis Blues are going to pull this out just because Boston is so has so much more depth, so much more talent than the Blues. But the injury to Chara, uh, which, by the way, when it first went off, I, when he took that puck to the chin, I didn't think broken jaw. It didn't look... I've seen far, far more pucks hit players that looked far worse and... You know, didn't result in the same injury like that. That seemed like it was maybe a bit of a fluke injury, don't you think? Yeah, well, I mean, if, if I remember correctly, I mean, he's just sort of skating off kind of with his hands over his mouth, and, and mm-hmm. you don't really think much of it. Um, and apparently there was blood everywhere, you know, at, at a certain point. Um, and, uh, you know, it is it is hockey. You know, I guess any puck that hits you uh, high up has a potential of, uh, you know, doing, doing some serious damage. Um, 
But frankly, I, I would be surprised if he's not playing in D5. I mean, just given the way that this, what kind of player he is, what he's meant to the to the franchise, I just, and he's obviously a huge impact in this series if he's out there. Um, if there's any way he can be out on the, on the field, I would imagine he's going to be there. Are you, I remember when we talked a couple weeks ago, um, and we were talking about who we're cheering for and stuff, I if the, if Boston wins, I would be happy for Charlie Coyle, and he's played very well in this series. Are you kind of the same place where you were at a couple of weeks ago? Are you where are you at? Where's your rooting interest? Who are you ultimately cheering for to win the Stanley Cup? I think, gun to my head right now, I'd I'd rather see the Blues win it. Um, I I I completely agree with you. I'm only rooting for the Bruins in the sense that Charlie Coyle. Uh, you know, could could cap a, a pretty good story for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stinks that he got traded away. Stinks all the circumstances and from the wild standpoint that that had to happen. But uh, by all accounts, he's a good guy. He's a Boston guy. We've got the his uh, grandma who loves to ring the cowbell and uh, she's yeah. ringing in a lock scoring. Uh, it seems like every game. So um, that's that's obviously a great story. But aside from that, I don't want to see Boston win another title. Yeah, that's no getting kidding. old. I mean, I, I, I thought, you know, from the beginning of the series that they were the better team. And I think you and I would agree that they're probably still the better team, you know, yep. when it, when it's all, all, uh, all equal. But, um, if push comes to shove, you know, I, I'd rather not see Boston, uh, have another title if, if we can help it. Well, we'll see what happens, uh, next week. Uh, it'll be certainly interesting and a lot of fun. And hopefully we can, uh, meet and discuss the more, well, more than likely the Stanley I, cup. Yeah. If I can, uh, we, we reached the stage we kind of, uh, feared, right? So game, game four was on Monday. Now we've got to wait till Thursday for game five. And then Sunday. Now we're guaranteed, we're guaranteed to wait another two days after that, yep. uh, for, for game six. So it's going to be a little awkward, um, you know, with this kind of, elongated finish but it's been a good enough series where i think we'll be okay you know waiting it out but yep. um yeah it's it's good it's feeling a little awkward and and frankly the nba finals are gonna be in the same boat where okay. you know, when these when these when these series change cities it's gonna feel like it's kind of dragging a little at, bit at so. least the nhl at least the stanley cup final has had some games every other day uh yeah whereas the nba finals that'll only happen once and that'll be games three and four in Golden State, and you know what? At least New uh, Boston soccer team, the New England Revolution, is terrible. So there's that. <laughs> but speaking of soccer, uh, the Women's World Cup does begin in France here, I believe, in the next couple of days. Uh, yeah. How? What's the level of intrigue on your side? And uh, do we think that this is the Team USA's tournament to lose? Uh, the interest is is still pretty low, but I think once the game starts. You know, I'll watch my fair share of it. I'll certainly try to tune in when the U.S. is playing. So that that's not really the issue. I mean, you look at their their roster; they've been pretty good in this run up. I, you know, they've kind of got an interesting balance of of uh, you know veterans and and really young players. And um, you know, when you still sort of break this down, this still has a lot of the old standbys. Old's not the right word, but um, you know, Carly Lloyd, uh, Alex Morgan. Megan Rapinoe, all those players are still there, mm-hmm. um, and that's a that's a big that's a big plus. I mean, that's that's a world class experience that, frankly, uh, not a lot of other countries have. I, I think there's something to be said with sort of the development, and this is kind of weird considering we're talking about soccer, but the re- development of these Western European nations um, is strong. I mean, France has got a great, obviously they're the host team. Germany, uh, they've got a got a great team. Germany's uh, pretty good. England's really good. I mean, so. Uh, you know, it would seem that those teams are going to be 
be in the mix and um, Asia has represented itself very well in previous years as well so um, I think it's going to be interesting you know you've got Brazil that's in the mix as well um, I think it'll be an interesting World Cup um, I can't say I'm, I'm dialed in on every every match to the degree I am with the men and that's you know part of it is you just you know at a certain point and, and you would probably know this as much as anybody you kind of reach a critical mass of, of what you can kind of take in uh, you know sports wise you just kind of run out of out of bandwidth at some point so I've, yeah. I've done my best to sort of you know keep a cursory look and I know once the matches start on Friday you know I'll, I'll uh, you know be watching but um, you know it'll it'll be a lot easier once the field you know starts getting narrowed down a little bit I'm intrigued as hell by Scotland I mean I've never seen Scotland in a, a you know World Cup men or women so I think that's gonna be interesting and you look at just group f which the usa is in they got chile sweden and thailand if i'm gonna just again not knowing anything about you know soccer especially uh like the women's world cup but i know enough that i think sweden's pretty decent and of course the u.s so i'm gonna take sweden and the u.s out of group f is that uh reasonable well yeah obviously the big subplot plot there is that uh Pia Sundhag, uh, you know, was a Swedish uh, player. Um, believe she's uh, still the coach, right, of the U.S. or not anymore? Maybe but, I. Uh, your guess is good yeah. as mine. <laughs> sure. Well, she was. Maybe. Maybe not anymore. Uh, but um, yeah, now I'm now I'm blanking. Maybe she's not the coach anymore. Uh, but I uh, tells you how how closely I'm following. Her. <laughs> uh, so there was there at least was. Uh, was the connection between the U.S. and Sweden? I mean, those—they're probably yeah, like you said, the two two best teams out of that group. Um, you mentioned Scotland. You know, kind of one dynamic I always like to think about is you know these are all separate countries for you know Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, England for um, for these competitions. You know, yep. for, for soccer, uh, if you're a rugby person, they they play separately in rugby, but obviously in the Olympics they all compete together, and so that makes it a a weird element uh, when we're talking about Olympic uh, soccer, you know, in the women's game where you can have, um, you can have your pros essentially play there. Um, that's, that's great. But, um, you know, when it's, uh, when you've got to combine, you know, men where it's basically under 23, um, that that's a little bit different, uh, different challenge. And how so. awful that they have to be placed in England's like obviously FIFA's like you know what we really want a, a little bit of a rivalry with this that'll be a interesting match to say the least England and Scotland there yes uh, when they... I, I neglected uh, Jill Ellis is the women's coach which I should yeah. have known uh, so Jill Jill Ellis the coach of the women uh, in this go around at the World Cup and they are ranked number one in the world uh, for whatever that's worth and they've never been ranked lower than two I'm looking at here so uh, there's a lot of pressure on the U.S. kind of inherently here. Yep, so. no doubt. So we'll keep track of that. We'll keep tabs of the uh, Women's World Cup there. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention. This is somewhat old news, but I forgot to mention it a couple weeks ago when you were on. Uh, the Dakota Wesleyan girl, The what? she was a track and field, correct? Yeah. Uh, NAIA. Yep. Uh, there was some issue with like a registration for a tournament like she was number one in the country for this and it, yep. we see we thought all oh, the nai is just gonna you know decline and say oh the rules are the rules but they reversed it she was allowed to compete what did you how surprised were you by that decision and how did she end up finishing out overall 
she did win the national championship. So in that regard, uh, it was it was worthwhile to get her in there. Yes, uh, good. She, good I, mean, I think she won by you know uh, it was the heptathlon, so seven events, and I think she won by you know 250, 300 points, which in heptathlon is plenty. Um, and so she awesome. uh, she she did what she went there to do. And uh, you know, as far as this whole this whole deal, uh, to me. You know, and I'm, I'm probably a little bit more skeptical than most people. I thought it was just kind of classic DW, classic NAIA, uh, just kind of all around classic classic uh, NAIA deal. I mean, the, where the coach isn't paying attention enough to know that he's got to get your number one athlete in that event registered. I mean, that, that's a big miss. It makes the school look bad. Mm-hmm. On the same sense, why does the NAIA only have a four-hour window for these events when I, I believe all the other events were, you know, longer windows than 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever it was. Um, I mean, that's just a stupid rule. Yep. And, and uh, the point I made to other people was, you know, for example, in South Dakota, they keep track of who's, you know, the top in-season qualifiers for different events. Obviously, they don't have the heptathlon, but if you've got, you know, a qualifying time in the 100-meter dash, uh, they've got you on the list, and you still have to register that kid. But they they know they're looking for you. Mm-hmm. Um, why is why is the qualifying for the national meet at the NAI not automatic to the point where you know I've got to opt out if I'm not going to participate? You know, um, where they go basically go down the list and say number one you want in, number two you want in. You know, until you get to the people, until you fill every slot, or you got people. Uh, that uh, that don't want to be in it, whatever it may be. I, to me, that just kind of makes more sense. Um, and the NAI has always kind of been stodged with some of these eligibility things. Um, to me, th- this was a little bit more. You know, I felt like the case to to keep her out was simple. You know, the coach didn't do do her do his job, uh, didn't do what needed to be done. So I was surprised that they they took the, the step to let her in. And I, ultimately, I think they did the right thing. Yep. Uh, it's more important to have the number one athlete in there than it is to make an example out of some coach, right? I, yep. or, or some school. So I think in that sense, the NAI, you know, they're, they're always the ones talking about, you know, character and, and taking them, you know, putting athletes first. And in a lot of ways, they're not much better than the NCAA. But uh, they did do the right thing in this scenario. And I, I guess, you know, to that point, they should be uh, credited, I, you know, for the kid. Um, I, I don't know how else she could have handled it. I thought she handled it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she got more attention uh, than she would have gotten if she just won the national title, which she did in the indoor season. Um, she won the national title, and she got attention from, from the Daily Republic, and that was probably about it, you know, maybe maybe a couple other couple other outlets. But uh, this became, obviously, a huge story, you know, regionally yep. and, and to a certain degree, maybe even nationally. And, and uh, she handled it great. And, uh, you know, she got to finish her career on a on a great note and you know just from her career arc i, I think she maybe made the outdoor nationals one other time it wasn't in the heptathlon it was this year that she really took off in the multi-events and swept them both so great accomplishment for her you know ultimately a dumb story ends well and good for her <laughs> yeah so. there's a great ending no doubt about it so uh, fantastic that she won the national championship there uh, but Marcus, I always appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully we can uh, find some time next week to talk about a Stanley Cup champion, whether that be the Bruins or the St. Louis Blues. Always appreciate the time. Thank you, my friend. You bet, Stack, and take care.
Marcus Traxler, Mitchell Daily Republic, kind enough to join us here. Always appreciate his time. Great stuff, as always. Uh, eloquent, eloquently spoken about the, the situation there at DWU. Uh, you know, we got the FIFA World, Women's World Cup, so we'll maybe get some thoughts on that throughout the tournament here. That begins Friday. France and Korea will be on Fox. You can find it on FS1. Uh, so definitely find there. Again, you can find the Sports Block available on iTunes. Just search Sports Block. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Uh, but so I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast. As always, next week more NBA Finals talk, Stanley Cup final talk, baseball. If I remember the FIFA Women's World Cup, uh, maybe if I remember the French Open. Well, what else am I going to forget? What else could I remember? What else could we have for next week? You have to tune in and find out. So for Travis and Marcus. I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Stay cool out there. Don't worry. It's hot now. Cold front's coming. Thanks again for listening to the Sports Block Podcast.